Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show 93, 3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Great to be with you. Balls McWednesday. About wrapped it all up. We got a couple more guys. A couple more guys, right, we're waiting on. But uh, the biggest names are pretty much in the books. And for Florida State, Akeem Williams is in. And that is important because after last year's debacle, folks didn't feel good no matter how many times. It looked uh, like we were in good hands uh, when it came to uh, the recruitment of Akeem Williams. Um, they still wanted that moment. That moment is uh, indeed necessary because we've seen it go south before at the last second, and now it is in. Considered to be uh, arguably one of the best three or four receivers in the country, Hakeem Williams, a five-star player, is in the fold, and that is what you wanted to know. He's the top 30 player in the nation. That's a great get. Uh, and really, really important. And uh, you know, I, I will. I'm going to talk a little bit here about this. Had that gone sour, had because people will look at the Keldrick Falk situation, Tom, and think, "Oh man, you know, this is this is bad. This two years in a row, we lost a guy. Well, you're going to lose guys. You're going to lose guys. There, there are dudes, and then there are dudes. Keldrick Falk's not Hakeem Williams." This would have been a bad precedent had Hakeem Williams flippity dude today and gone somewhere else. There would have been a very different talking point for me because of the effort that was put in to procure his services. And Florida State's collective, collectives, if you'd like, obviously are not putting the point of emphasis on high school players. It's it's player retention, right? Roster retention we've talked about. It's transfer portal players that can plug and play and fill needs right now. Those are one, two in priority, meaning money going to those two things. Make sure you, you get Jordan back. You got to pay him what he's worth in that situation. You got to, you know, everybody else that signed with the battles in, we know who they are. Benson being another big one, right? We may see we might see Jared Verse come back. Pretty penny to keep Jared Verse, one would think. Okay? So clearly they've emphasized that because they want to win right now. They want to win right here, right now. They won nine games this year, could win 10 if they win the bowl game. They want to win 10 or more next year. They want Because that's going to change everything about your outlook moving forward. It'll become cheaper to go get the same player because of your proven success. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So they wanted to do that, and they wanted to make that kind of a splash. 
to say they didn't want or don't care about losing Keldrick Falk today to Auburn is not true either. But he is a high school recruit. I'll grant you a really talented young man whom they wanted in the fold and, you know, for a long time thought they had. But if you read the tea leaves in recruiting, this is where the more things change, the more they stay the same. He's an Alabama kid that you're trying to extract from that state to bring to Tallahassee, Florida. Most of the time, if one of the big two in Alabama wants you to stay in Alabama, they're willing to do what it takes and can put all kinds of pressure on you and family members and others to stay in the state of Alabama. So Auburn, unfortunately for us in this situation, new head coach coming off a bad season, riled up boosters and people in a collective that really want to see this thing get flipped are willing to pony up more than we are. That kid takes it on down the road. No hard feelings. Best of luck to you, young man. Happens. Whereas Hakeem Williams, this state, in this state, we're going to war with Miami and Florida, and he's a kid we cared to win. Cared to win in a way, if you can get my drift, more than we did some of the other guys. Had that gone south, I think there would have been long-term problems, ramifications for that. So if you're going to breathe a sigh of relief and be happy about anything today or even upset about things today, just keep in mind the guy from the high school ranks that you had to get just signed you got him. That was going to be a very important litmus test for interested parties. And so I think, and listen, right? This is all new. This is all new. So where you spend your money, how you spend your money, how much of it you, you know, you assign to roster retention or player, whatever it might be, portal players, you, you got to see a, a return on your investment. You, you, that that's true across the board, whether it's a high school kid, whether it's a portal kid, whether it's a kid on your own roster, you got to have a return on your investment for all these people that have decided to jump into the game. And that's any booster, that's any alumnus, that's any collective. You got to see results. You got to be able to show what it is that you're spending money on and why. And so had they not got Hakeem Williams, I'm just, from my understanding of things, from what I've witnessed from afar and kind of conversations I've had, that would have been bad news. So I was holding my breath a little bit, Tom. Well, a little bit. You know, the sacrifice I made for you was that I watched twenty to twenty-five minutes of IG live. You didn't have to, no, because they went through as they do. Most high schools do this. Uh, they announce every player before the highest-ranked player because the coaching staff and and the team and the program wants to shine as much of a light on everybody else as they can. Like I get it, that makes sense. But when you're actually trying to carry an event and uh, you're trying to carry a Florida State broadcast, that is decidedly inconvenient. Very inconvenient because it's a 1 o'clock announcement. doesn't happen until about, oh, 20 of 2. Right. <laughs> so yeah. you're just all kind of frozen and you're waiting for it. That's all good. But I, I do want to go back to last year real quick. One of the things I love about this gig and the lane that you and I get to drive in, mm -hmm. of course, you always drive. I'm in the passenger seat. <laughs> But the, the lane that I love we get to drive in is we're part media member, part alumni fan, part observer guy. Like, we could put on multiple hats, and yeah. it's okay, and that's fun. Because last year, I got a real kick out of not the Travis Hunter part of the day. No, not much of a kick there. But when Armella says, I got to think some things over. You know, and Armella was supposed to sign after lunch, right around lunchtime, whatever it was, and said, I, I don't know. 
I got to think about some things very seriously. And then about five hours later or six hours he later, he thought about him and he thought on about down. Him. And I just wonder what the hell happened. Mm. And that's what made me chuckle. What could have possibly happened between the time that Hunter decides to go elsewhere and you have second thoughts and you say, you know what? I was right the first time. I was correct. Florida State, I just needed a couple extra hours. No phone calls came in. I promise you there were no deals made. Sure. I just, just needed need a little, a little bit time. more time. That makes me laugh. But I'm going to apply the quiet part out loud for this class. If Falk does not make it to Florida State, and he doesn't, he signs at Auburn, that means, in theory, you probably have some resources you can allocate somewhere else. That is correct. And if Perhaps is, in the transfer portal for a proven defensive end. Or perhaps for retention of one that's here in case you just need to put a little sweetener on the so top. So are you trying to argue that Jared Verse today celebrated when Keldrick Falk said, I'm going to Auburn? What I'm saying is if he needed a reason to celebrate because he wanted to stick around, he got one. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't need a reason. Maybe, maybe he he's maybe already he yeah. maybe he has enough reasons to stick around. Maybe he already did before today even started. I'm not sure. But what I am saying is if the young man wanted to leverage the situation, he's got a little bit more of it today. He's got a little bit more today. Not that Falk was going to be a plug and play player, but I think they thought he was going to perhaps make the the two deep like Patrick Payton did. This year, yeah. Well, and you know, they for those that wondering, because uh, I've seen it brought up, you know, what are they gonna do now? Type stuff. Dot dot dot. At the position, they did sign two defensive ends, Jaden Jones and Lamont Green Jr. The legacy I mentioned earlier. They did sign two defensive ends, and you've got perhaps uh, your best defensive end returning. Aforementioned Jared Verse. So. And if he does, then another year of development for Patrick Payton. That'll be a guy to watch very closely over spring and fall to see if he can put some more density on. Yeah. But you combine that He's with, already talented. With McClendon. It, I think, is Briggs coming back for year 92? I forget. I don't know if he was one of the, the Battle's End signees or not. But you at that point, with even just Jaden Jones and Lamont Green in the fold behind them, and maybe Byron Turner turns into something, I, I don't know. You don't necessarily have to go back into the portal this offseason for a defensive end if Jared Verse returns. It, it it seems like you have enough of what you need at that position for this upcoming season. I think the uh I, I think one thing to note with defensive ends in particular, Tom, while we're on the subject, I mean you just saw Florida State this past year and the year before fill that need with a proven player. And Jermaine Johnson is a first-round, was a first-round draft pick. That is an elite player. That's not a nice player. That's an elite player. You went and brought that in. Jared Verse right now is contemplating going to the pros because he's projected in some circles to be a first-round draft pick, if not second-round draft pick. That, again, by definition, is an elite player, not a nice player. That's an elite player. You can go and get defensive ends that have proven themselves at the collegiate level of the elite variety, not just average or nice fill-ins, elite players at that position. It's proven. We've done it twice. If you have to do it again, maybe it happens again this year. We'll see. I don't know. But it's possible. And for the successes they've had, I believe, portends of future successes at that position in particular, maybe not everywhere, but in particular, I do think that position now, you've got tangible evidence that when a kid comes here, he's developed and his profile is improved at the next level where ultimately he wants to go. 
Also, we've proven now, added bonus that Jermaine Johnson didn't get, but he's partly the reason that we are good, and I'll forever be grateful for the singular season he played here. In addition to proving that we develop those players and encourage uh, growth and, and, and leadership and all the things that Jermaine Johnson said he wanted in addition to playing time, draftability, all of that, right? Now you got wins. Now you got wins. So you have proven success in the portal, at the position, and kids getting drafted, and now wins. I think the only thing that will change regarding that caliber of player that we're talking about and and seeking to bring them in in areas in which you whiff moving forward. Again, this is a very malleable situation. It's it's, It's fluid. Will be the price tag. You are not going to get, now that it's out there, now that it's a real thing, now that we've seen teams, programs throw crazy money around, kids know it's available. It's not like, a, oh, maybe it is. We don't know. No, then now they know. It, it's out there. You're going to have to spend more. You're going to have to pay more moving forward next year, year after, year after. And that's where the argument comes into play, Tom, that it's not sustainable, per se. We've capitalized in this window better than most. Almost better than all. But I do think it's fair to say they're going to have to get better with the high school recruiting because I don't think you're going to be able to move along the way we are and operate in the same manner. The next time a defensive end, Jared versus caliber, or Jermaine Johnson's caliber, decides to put their name in the transfer portal, I I don't know what the market's going to dictate, but I can guess. I can tell you that it's going to be in the neighborhood, especially if he's a two-year player. A million dollars? Because high school kids are getting that in some cases. So this is all fluid. It's going to change. For now, Florida State has really capitalized on it, and that's a bravo to the staff while also admitting they got to do better moving forward in the high school ranks. Well, the, yeah, the question is where does the market settle on both of those, um, in both of those particular sub-markets? You know, so mm-hmm. if, if the player market is comprised of high school prospects and transfer portal prospects, where do each of those price tags go? Does, you know, not to get all economics on everybody, but does the mean cost come down in high school because it's going to go up in the transfer portal? Do both of them go up at the same time because we're going to live in this bubble for another five years? Does the bubble burst in two years? I think it's hard to say because everybody's going to take a turn at being desperate. So yes. I feel like the bubble the bubble is going to extend out longer because there's there are going to be in each region of the country, at minimum, a couple of schools that are going to spend way more than they should in order to get a player. It happens in free agency and professional sports all the time. Mm-hmm. If you're a franchise that's been a laughing stock for a long time and you are trying to court the top free agent on the market, are you going to have to spend more than the best team in the league? Yes. A lot more than the best team in the league. With yeah, the best culture and the yeah, best... Yeah, yeah. If you are in the middle of nowhere as a program, be it an NFL team or a college team, are you going to have to spend more to get a kid to come live in the Midwest and the Southeast? Or Green Bay? You're going to have to. <laughs> yes, yes, you're going to have to do that. Yeah, And that's where I get nervous about the bubble being extended indefinitely because a lot of these programs, especially in the mighty SEC, are going to take turns being desperate. Right. And they're going to overpay every year. So where do you fall in, in the pecking well, order? Well, this just falls into the category, Tom. This this particular element of recruiting or major college football in general just falls 
in the category of the conversation we're having that's omnipresent in the back of all of our minds, and that is, when the hell can we get out of this godforsaken conference because we're never going to have enough money for this, or this, or this, by way of comparison to the SEC and the Big Ten specifically. Those two conferences with their TV deals are going to win every important battle if they want to and are desperate enough if it comes down to finances. Whether that is for an assistant coach, the next great coach, or a player. You're just done. You can't win. If you remain in this also-ran conference with the payouts being what they are. So just name something else in the world of college football that once again falls into the same category of concern that we have about everything, about everything. You need more money to keep up with the Joneses. You're competing to win national championships at Florida State. So that's why yesterday I was having a conversation with Corey when we were doing some of the headlines, and he was like, well, you know, most teams can't recruit this level of player or have a depth of talent like this level of player. And he said, except for, you know, like Georgia. I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa. That's 40 years Florida State's been a vastly superior program to Georgia. Georgia didn't, we didn't even consider Georgia. They're nobodies until the last two years. All right, let's say for 1980. All right, so, okay. The standard is that we get that kind of depth. The standard that we're aspiring to and holding people accountable for is to get those players that are four and five stars or elite level portal players that are proper pieces of depth. But you can't, I think, reasonably expect that to happen unless you have the same funds as the SEC schools or the Big Ten schools. So the problem is... That standard is in the minds of every fan and alumnus and booster that we have. We don't want to lower the standard. Why why would we? I mean, again, you're not a victim of your success. You want to sustain and improve upon, right? But logically, those of us rooted within reason that are fair-minded understand it's not a fair fight. Now, you don't want to go on and whine about it and bitch about it ad nauseum, but it is reality. People like to say things are excuses as opposed to reasons. Well, they're wrong. That's lazy. Those aren't excuses. Those are real reasons. If I've got $5 million and you got forty, I'm going to lose the battle when it comes down to money. Period. Yeah, if we've got the same IQ and I'm raised in absolute poverty and I don't have a good school system. And yeah, you good have, luck to you, buddy. But we've got the same IQ. Yeah, good luck to you. Right? Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. That's exactly what you are. And that's not no. an excuse. That's a, a reason. I'm a lazy loser. Oh, right, right. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps, buddy. Yeah. But it, the point, that's but the point. The thing, I, I think the good news is, in the interim, the good news is how many NFL draft picks were on the roster this past year? None. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> there are going to be a few. Oh, you mean, you? I, I thought you meant this upcoming draft. No, no. We're not going to have anybody. Well, in this if Jared th- comes back, yeah. And I'm saying if Jared comes, comes back, back, we're not having anybody drafted. But he, let's just say that the guys who could leave did. Okay. A couple. Two or three. Two or three at most. And yet, you right. know. They're good. We got a lot of good college football players and a couple of elite college it's football It's not players. crazy to say that you're uh, the ball bouncing a couple of ways from being in a conversation for the playoff this year with yeah. that team yeah. in November. Well, Throughout the it, month of November, we would have talked about Oh, I mean, they're in position to win the AC. I mean, they could be the fourth team. Yeah. Would we have expected them to win the national title? No. But they could have been a playoff contender with yeah. two to three right, right, right. NFL draft picks on the current roster they're playing meaningful doing, snaps. They're doing more with less currently, and so, they're 
aided by the portal and their success in it. But I would tell you, Tom, that is not sustainable. You're going to have to do better. I'm glad that it's in over them. time. I'm glad that it's Me in too. them. Me too. Me oh, yeah, too. No, no, no. They've worked hard and they've figured out a, a way to offset where they're not strong. And that's by going out and filling those holes on the roster with known commodities and convincing them to play here as opposed to wherever else they could have played. I mean, hell, half these guys that we talk about that we get excited about, that UTEP kid could have gone anywhere. Anywhere in the country. He was wanted by every big-time school in the Power Five. Oh, it's time to start having the rainy day fund overflow for whoever replaces Alex Atkins. Oh, right, right, yeah. Because, I mean, people already knew about him, took notice of him before this We really do now, yeah. Now after this portal haul? Come on now. Well, and also just look at and, the development. I, and and, and we, we're not even Simmons. talking about we're not even talking about development. And that is another area in which, especially on offense, Florida State's done a really good job. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply christmas is the time to say i love you want to let it play longer, but it doesn't do our war chant crowd on the TV side of things any good. Well, tomorrow at the conclusion of the show, it's can, like a full two minutes, everybody. We can send the, the TV audience uh, yeah. off to the holidays. Take it on down the line. And then we'll crank it for ourselves and the people Ooh. of Tallahassee. I'll let you know right now, everybody, tomorrow's show, when it ends, as we're listening to Billy Squire, I'm cracking a beer for Tom and I. That's all that's going to happen. Two straws? <laughs> like the spaghetti? Uh, what you eating tonight? I don't know. I was yeah, just thinking yeah, about yeah, that. You got me thinking about dinner. You just mentioned it a moment ago. I did during the break. It's been yeah. an exhausting day. A lot to cover. A lot of things to talk about, man. Look, man, we're not martyrs here. We're paid no, well to no. do what we do. Yeah. Uh, but it is a long day, yes, and the, and it you know last night the night before is usually a little bit later of a night, so it's usually a special occasion, and I don't know what it's going to be, but I was leaning maybe a nice steak. I don't always eat red meat. In fact, I don't often eat red meat, but a steak sounds pretty good right about now. Yeah, and when you are particular as to when you decide to go after a steak, yeah. it, it makes it all the more rewarding. Spe- Ryan, thank you. Yes, lavash. The penne a la vodka. Oh, man. God, that sounds good, too. Oh, there you go. Go see my man, Eddie. Go get some bumpers. bumpers. Yeah. yeah. I might do it. 
I could get the, uh, I, want, I always want to call it the Uncle Rico, but it's the Uncle Sal. <laughs> what, uh, what college football do we have on tonight? What, what bowl game is, is set to take place tonight? Do we have a, do we have a good one? We've got, uh, Western Kentucky and I know that uh, yesterday was the famous Idaho potato bowl. Indeed. That doesn't do us any good today. That was San Jose state and somebody. I got Western Kentucky and USA. I'll be watching, buddy. Can't wait. Yeah, this is you know you get the you get the bowl games. You start getting desperate. You you realize and it's it's all winding Ooh. down. I'm a little worried about things. Here we are, but it is nine p.m. kick. Got to keep it together. Golly, you're right. Western Kentucky and South Alabama. Tomorrow, we'll get Baylor and Air Force at the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Friday, a little Louisiana and Houston. Also, Wake Forest and Mizzou. Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I get that Wake has been um, a torchbearer for the ACC, whether we like it or not. Open our ass. But that is the same class. I love that. They're in the same weight class. Yeah. Mizzou to the SEC is waking the end. You know what? Mizzou's won a couple of East Division titles yeah. in the when last they 10 first, years. When they first got there, they yeah. did. They'll never win another one, but yes. <laughs> that's that's a fair <laughs> yeah, fight relative yeah. to the conference. Well, then Saturday, Tom, after you watch that thrilling matchup at the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl down in Tampa, you can t- get up right and early and be like, all right. My day is going to be get some stuff done right before Christmas and then settle in for Middle Tennessee and San Diego State. Mm. Well, that's an NFL triple header as well. On oh, Saturday. well, then you won't be watching that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Watching the uh, the Vikings game. Are they just every Saturday every now? Saturday every now. Saturday now. Every Saturday now? Well, after that mm-hmm. last one, those that had to be a ratings bonanza. That was incredible. The NFL last week won across the board. The NFL is like, nope, nope, still bigger. It was unbelievable. This is the video media, sir. <laughs> it was so impressive, the NFL, last week. Every You're like, what is this? Look at this Jacksonville-Dallas game. This is Look at this Detroit Jets game. Look at this. It was awesome. Just every time I looked up, I was like, this is incredible. Blazing saddles. I wish I had the, the drop. <laughs> I mean, tell me you weren't riveted last week. That was nuts. I loved it. Buffalo, Chicago. Well, this time around, when you're watching Saturday and Sunday this week, guys, holy moly, there are there some somebody's going to die on the field this weekend. It's minus thirty in some cases. You're going to have games affected by like forty mile per hour winds and a temp of minus eighteen. Oh, I, I, that's almost unfair to ask these guys to play. But hey, yeah. get out there. I'm watching. Look, if it's windy here this weekend, the wind chill will bring it down to the single digits. I saw that. I saw this morning, and I did smile while my wife had a look of you know great concern on her face. I was like, look at that. They're talking about a wind chill in Tallahassee of 13. Is that right? Legitimately, that's what it was? Legitimately, yeah. It was 13. 13, buddy. Eric says, Texas Roadhouse, Tom. I always equate that place with Ted's. Is it close? You mean in quality? Yeah. I've never been to either. It just they're always they're kind of in the same place. Yeah, you've never been to Ted's? No. Now I don't want to get free advertising for I people, know. but uh, I like Ted's. It's good stuff. Of course you do. You pay the extra nine dollars a month for the SEC network because you wanted more Ted's. I want more Ted's. Till the land. 
Oh, man. All right. Well, exhale there. That was a nothing segment. I just wanted to... Oh, hey, thanks. Where are we at? I got Oh, I got to catch up. I'm so far we behind. We got a couple to catch up hey, on, Hey, Jacob, Jacob writes, I much like Falk care deeply about relationships, and I like Falk care deeply about the relationship I have with my bank account the most. That's from Jacob. Jacob, I said this yesterday and the day before when, when we began to get a little nervous about where that was headed. I was like, oh, but if it's about relationships, guys, the way he's repeatedly told everybody, he got nothing to worry about. Although I have a hunch those relationships are not as solid as we once thought. Z-Chan. Woo! Hakeem on lock. Awesome class. Let's take care of Oklahoma next week. Then we can start getting ready for next season. Merry Christmas, Warchan family. Merry Christmas, Z-Chan. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate that. Marcus writes, gentlemen, I appreciate all the coverage you do on this busy day. Much Christmas love to you and yours. Happy belated Birthday to Director Matthew. Yeah, absolutely. I just dropped the ball on that one. But Tom tells me with seven seconds left in the show, I, what, what do you want me to do? I should put it in my phone. I'm awful about that stuff. Uh, yeah, I lean on the wife heavily um, for information you on You know birthdays. what I do when I, when I screw it up like that and I forget that like on the day of your birthday, I forgot it was your birthday until I was laying in bed that night. Then I forgot it was Matthew's birthday yesterday. You know what I do? I blame her. When I get home, I go, would you stop dropping the ball? You're making me look bad. You should have written this on the calendar already. How many times do I have to tell you this? Douse. Yeah, that's what I do. I blame my wife. She looks at me, really? I'm supposed to know your best friend's birthdays and put it on the calendar? Yes. Yes, you need to do that. Let's go. Step up your game. Look up their voter registration. I mean... You know I'm not on Facebook. Get on Facebook and find out when the hell these people were born and put it on the calendar. Let's go. Oh, I know you're on Facebook. Your burner account. Mm. You've liked all of these amazing pages where people just get together and complain about the nature of society. I know that's what you do. That's, you like what, I, that's, that's what I do. You ghost post all oh. weekend long. <laughs> you know what I do do all weekend long? I watch specials on investigations into murder. I cannot help myself. There's like 19 different really quality shows on these days, like whatever, another 48 or whatever it's called. Or I watch all those. It's time for Top Talk, mm. brought to you by Pinch-A-Penny Pools and Spas. Buy yourself the hot tub you've always wanted at the price you've always wanted from Pinch-A-Penny on Greer Street. Now it's live to the top. Well, I'm going to give uh, give Tom a little bit of credit. I'm not talking about T. Lizzie. But uh, Ortner asked a question earlier today as I sink down in the tub that I was thinking about. And that is that uh, it's the right way to ask the question, first of all. He said, Jeff, what position coaches have the best opportunity to improve? <laughs> And I have to give him credit for the way that question was worded. Well, I think you guys know um, where some of my concerns lie when it comes to this coaching staff. Um, Certainly not with Pinch and Penny. No, no. Pinch and Penny's great. All good. Go get you a hot tub. Hurry up. You want to get this hot tub as soon as possible because it is going to be 
really cold starting like tonight and tomorrow, and you want to get in that tub and chill. So I think um, there are on-the-field coaches that can improve, that have an opportunity to improve, and there are guys that you are not seeing behind the scenes that could improve based on uh, recruiting and player development, those two areas specifically. Now, there's on-the-field stuff where I go, hmm, that could be better as well. And uh, I would say that uh, my concerns about Coach Woodson um, remain. He's a guy. He's not the only guy. He's a candidate to improve. He's got an opportunity, Tom, that sits before him. It happened for Ron Dugans. There is precedent here. Somebody pointed that out earlier. I think it was Briley. It might have been R. Wilmer. I don't know who it was. But somebody in the chat did note uh, that here I was, awfully hard on Ron Dugans, and I was. I was. I'm not running from that. For good reason, I was critical of Ron Dugans. He was failing us miserably. And then he wasn't. That's how it works, guys. If you have an opportunity and you seize said opportunity to not suck anymore, you will be praised for doing so. In fact, you will be lauded, held on high, spotlight shown. All of it. But while you're sucking, I'm going to point that out as well. This kind of suckage can't, will not stand, man. And there's some of that going on with this staff. Now, there's no perfect staff. I'm sure people at Georgia are pissed at a particular coach. I'm sure every week if you go on their boards, they're like, Larry Smith sucks. I've been telling you guys for two years, Larry Smith is garbage. And Larry has to sit over there and wear that. He's paid handsomely to do so. That can't be his real name. Do better, Larry. Damn it, man. We're able to overcome it because of our elite talent and the other coaches on this staff. But Larry Smith is killing us. Am I the only one? <laughs> Jeff, your blood pressure, you're in a tub. <laughs> Got to be very careful here. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like uh, there's some guys where you're like, okay, okay. You know what I did notice, and I was this is something to point out big picture-wise, and I'm, you know, all jokes aside here, it's incredible how many people uh, we now have on this staff, if you will. I mean, have you gone and looked at all of the names? Oh, the, just the directory? The size of the organization? Jeez, oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's changed dramatically. It's freaking modern. It's what it should be. It should be even better. It should be even more wrinkles. Uh, I would tell you uh, that I have to give credit. I, I don't know that I've had lengthy conversations with this individual. And no, no, I'm not going to knock anybody. This is not you. I, I saw you get nervous. I was bracing. No, no. I had. I don't know everybody over there. I run into a ton of people over there. We all do, right? When we go over to cover practice, you run into them at events and things like that. And I don't always remember. Like if you're the, uh, if you're Miss Hamill and you're the director of performance and nutrition, I don't always remember your title. I might be like, oh, I'm assuming she's doing a good job. I, I don't know. I'm not qualified to comment on that necessarily. Um, but I can't always remember everybody's job or names. I'm terrible about that too because you see so many people. And had I known that our assistant athletics director slash facilities and event management uh, name uh, was Titus Queen, I would have been like, oh, I got to talk to that guy at length because that's an awesome name. That's a professional wrestler. Titus Queen is <laughs> Titus either Queen, kicking your yeah, ass in the yeah. octagon or he's a defensive lineman or he's a w WWF well, era wrestler. I mean, there is Titus O'Neal and there's right. NFL player, former LSU Tiger, Patrick Queen. So there you go. Uh, right? See what I mean? Both fearsome individuals. I just want to say, like, just the name. Like, for example, certain names beget what they, like, you, you, that makes sense what they are. Josh Storms. 
should be the strength and conditioning coach. Like, I don't know what else he would be. A meteorologist. He should be in charge of whooping ass. Like, if there's a title, going to whoop some ass. Josh Storms. Oh, I'll give him a call. Yeah. It, right? That's what it should be. He also should not be 5'6", which he's not. He's, he's not. A, he's, he's a very, large very human. large human being. Yeah. Yes. He's a big guy who has the right name for his job. I would tell you that uh, given the look of certain guys, when you walk past them, you're disappointed when you find out their name is like Chad. You're like, ah, oh, Jesus. Chad. That's a shame. I think, I think Gordon in the chat is referring to the fire pit being good for, you know, the weather. But I think Fire Pit is actually a great nickname. I just I was combining what you were saying with mm. what is being said in the chat. Like, what if Fire Pit was your name? Was well, I mean, if you're a trainer, if you're a strength and conditioning coordinator, and you know your name is Titus Fire Pit Smith. Like, oh man, well, that's a hell of a nickname. Yeah, I'd want to know how the hell you got that name. What happened? <laughs> you wouldn't want to be his player. Oh, oh Fire no. Pit's pissed at you, Jamie. You better get down there quick. <laughs> we're benching in saunas. We're doing the bench. Oh, fire pits at it again. 275 in the sauna. Let me do this because I'll forget. Today is a day that has been really focused on recruiting as it should be, and we've talked about it exhaustively, and it's good. I'm glad we did, and I've enjoyed it, and I I also enjoy the varied opinions because it is a, again, really weird time in college football, and we don't know certain things. We, we're projecting. We think. We we're paid for opinions. We give them. All of that's true, but admittedly, there's room in there to, to watch these things play out, and, and maybe it goes a different direction. I don't know. Are you getting out of the tub? What's going on here? Sounds no, serious. before I get out of the tub, I want to make mention of something that is serious. While I'm in the tub, Pitch Penny has told me I could be serious or laid back. I can be hanging out with my friends mm-hmm. in Tallulah while we're in the uh, Pitch Penny hot tub, or, or I could just be talking about something that's bigger than that. Life contemplative tub time. That's a thing. Okay, well this is this is my contemplative tub time right now with Pinch Penny. You and I. Sometimes it happens two times a week. Sometimes we go six months without it coming up. Our age difference plays a part in the way we view today's news about Hall of Famer Franco Harris. And so I will tell you that the 13-year-old me remembers the dominance of Franco Harris and remembers the era of dominance in which he played. And it was a pivotal, pivotal time in the National Football League. In retrospect, I could not have known it at that time. But if you think about where the NFL is today, there are several factors that get us there. This, this behemoth that is this television product every weekend that we watch that dominates the ratings. It began in the 70s. The 60s had Joe Namath, and you can go back and find particular players that moved the needle in the world of the National Football League. But nobody moved the needle the way that the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers did in the 70s. That rivalry is the reason that those two franchises, I might add, are still the two most popular franchises in the NFL. For people of my age, I'm 51. I think about the Steelers in a certain way. I think about the Cowboys in a certain way. Well, that was born out of my youth of watching those two teams go to war in multiple Super Bowls and play games that will be etched in my memory forevermore. And we, most of us NFL fans from that era, can name the stars like they're our own children. And they largely played for the Steelers and the Cowboys. There were some with the Raiders and the Packers and teams, 
But those two teams, and you go back to the 72 Dolphins, I know as well, and all of that, but it's the Steelers and the Cowboys. And Franco Harris, it can be argued, was, along with being Joe Green, Roger Staubach, players like that, I'm talking about two different franchises, they were the stars of the era. And Franco Harris, when he retired from football, was the third leading rusher in the history of the game. He was a dominant, dominant player. And I just, I, I, I was sad when I saw that today. But also the circumstances are awful. That drives me nuts. Not how he died, but that he died before the anniversary this weekend in which they were paying tribute and homage to him. He was going to be there this weekend for the Immaculate Reception, the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. He was at the stadium yesterday to go through rehearsal. That, that almost made me cry. That broke my heart this morning when I saw that. That's awful. And you were the Cowboys guy. Yeah, I, I hated the Steelers. But I respected the hell out of those guys. All of them. Whether it's Mean Joe Green or Lynn Swan or you name it. But Franco Harris, especially. He was a brute man. He ran over people. He ran around people. He did everything. He was a hard-nosed, lunch-pale guy. He fit the city. He was exactly what the city was at that time. Show up for work, man. That was that guy. Man, Rocky Blyer, you can go on down the line. I can name that whole team. That guy was phenomenal. And, you know, when you're a kid, when you're 12 or 11 or 10, and you're watching football and you're getting into it and you love it, if that guy is beating your team or is a reason that your team has a chance to get beat, you hate him. You hate him. But nobody ever really hated Franco Harris. Nobody. Because there's never been anybody that I've ever heard when referencing Franco Harris and talking about the player or the man that didn't have something great to say about him. Nobody. I've heard other things about all the other stars of that era. At least one or two people that could tell you, eh, he could be a little ego. He could be a little prickly. He could be, you know, aloof. Not Franco Harris. Nobody. The first thing you hear people say about Franco Harris when they talk about him, besides his play on the field, was that he was the nicest guy you'd ever meet. Nicest star you could ever run into. He would, you would never know. If you ran into him and you didn't watch him play, you were on a plane, you sat next to him, and you had no idea what he had done for a living, he would never tell you that he was a Hall of Fame running back. It wouldn't come up. He was that kind of humble. So... Sad news today to see that Franco Harris passed away um, two days before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, which we've all watched on a loop a million times over. And you know what bothers me about that loop? You can never see the point of the ball. Yeah, yep. You don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. The Raiders will tell you he didn't catch it. Franco never gave it away either. He never told anybody. He would just say, it's a catch. I don't know if he catch it or not. I don't know. I don't know. We'll never know. There's no angle. You can watch it, and they've tried. Like, there's a Pruder film. They've tried to break that thing down. They can't. You don't. You, the tip of the ball, you can't see. It's a hell of a play. Rest in peace, Franco Harris. Come back, wrap it up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> I just thought I have very little time before we have to sign off, and I have some things I have to promote, but we'll have to talk about uh, crazy-ass Dabo Sweeney uh, tomorrow. Did you see the quote? No. What did he say? Oh, buddy. We built this program on NIL. Probably different than what you're thinking, though. We built it on God's name, image, and likeness. Oh, my goodness. Even for him, dude. I can't wait to watch him and Dion. Even for him. I can't wait to watch him and Dion go to war and who's holier. It's going to be great. That's one of my favorite things I've ever heard. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> Quickly, throw it up there. Let's uh, let's talk about it. We're going to be joining forces with the Battle's End in Orlando. The Jeff Cameron Show will broadcast live from the Harry Buffalo 129 West Church Street, Wednesday, December 28th from 1 to 3. Then Jake Owen will come out. Jake is the undercard. After I, I feel blessed to be the lead there. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, Jake, you're welcome. Try to do you solid. Uh, along with Tyler Reeve and Cole Taylor, they're going to be there too. And, uh, yeah, man, it's a free block party. That's well done. Good job, Battles End. That's how you ingratiate yourself to the people before you say, hey, we could use some crowdsourcing. Scott, the answer is uh, Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> Dabo Sweeney said that. <laughs> Wuhan. Oh, Wuhan was at it again. Anything else I got to promote? You told me I forgot. No, just no, uh, we're good. make sure you float away before the holidays at Tallulah. We love you, Tallulah. Could use, Tom could use some Tallulah tonight. He needs, uh, he needs a little Tallulah. Delta 99. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow. Be well. Peace.